Witches. I'm your girl Kimmy. We're back on the porch and we have co-host Chauncey, Keisha, and we have a guest co-host, CG. How are you today, CG? Good. How are y'all doing? Good, good. Ladies, how you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome well, back. Yeah. I would say welcome back because, you know, we don't see each other in a couple of days. You know, how's everything <laughs> going? Everything's going good. CG, I'm glad you could join us today. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and you can join us. And um, I'm hoping look um look for good tips. Good. <laughs> well, I'm looking at them fly glasses. That's what I'm looking at. Let me see. Let me put my glasses on. No, they don't touch yours, Keisha. Love mm -mm. them glasses is fly. <laughs> Thank you. They Thank are you. real cute. They real cute. Got a little yeah. jacket on and everything. Chauncey over there. Chauncey, you you looking like summer because you looking gorgeous. Got the lipstick on and everything. I'm like. I'm looking Listen, like a little, little, little so grandma. You never get lipstick anymore. No lip gloss or lipstick because you always got the mask on. So oh, I know. I know. Just dress the lips up a little bit while I'm on here since all you see is my face. <laughs> Do y'all think the mask is making you grow hair on your chin? I mean, I'm already growing hair on my chin, but you know, the mask is like, I need like a silk lining mask. That's an idea. Like you know what? You can get masky, which is acne from the mask. So I'm always yeah. oh, careful I hate about it, the mask because you if you sweat and you talk a lot during the day and so you can develop. Well, yeah, because um, I know you, you wow. Yeah, I, I mean that's to go places where I don't have to wear my mask. Uh -huh. So where I go, I you know, when I'm in church, I, I have the mask on and uh -huh. you sit there. So thank God that's less than 90 minutes. So Thank you, Father, so we can get it in and out. Um, you know, when I'm going to stores and stuff, I do the pickup, you know, order in advance and then have them put it in your car. So now I get to be in my car without my mask on. So I know. I try to do things like that. So we'll see. What I mean, happens. I'm not condoning these like these 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 nuts that are, you know, running around here, um, you know, giving you like the, the evil eye why you got a mask on and all that stuff like that. But, you know, that mask is... Um, it's a little challenging and I think it's to a mindset too you know we have had this on so long and um going through the summer hot you know it's 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 unbearable and I know CG where you're at I know it's got to be hard because it's you know Florida is hot you know what I mean so um and you know it's not my face that I worry about it's my poor ears my ears are like what else I had a dream last year and my ears were like what else do you want me to carry your purse <laughs> He's got the earrings. I got my glasses on when I'm driving. I got my mask on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my ear pod in. And so my ears were like, yeah, I can carry your purse if you want me to carry something else. But, yes, you know. it's a, it's really challenging. But um, so, you know, welcome to the Port CG. And tonight we are going to talk about building wealth in the black community, you know, black families, you know, I think we talk about it a lot. Um, I think that we talk about it more than ever because I think the world is changing. Um, and we want to know different ways that everybody is trying to find that, that route to build wealth because um, wealth doesn't come with, you know, I got hit the damn lottery. You know what I mean? Because hell, you know about them stories. I don't even really want to hit the lottery. I'll be honest, because I don't want nobody to try to kill me and do all these kind of crazy things. I want to have long wealth. I want to have things that somebody put in a vault or some lawyer is holding for me or the accountant or somebody has paper. I don't want to have um, money just right in my face because I don't want to be you know, somebody tempted because, you know, people get real tempted and, and to do crazy things when they see money. But I'm joking about that. But, you know, well, I, was taught, I was taught a long time ago that there's a difference between being rich and, and definitely being wealthy. Yes, definitely. So, yes. You know, rich is something that's new and, and, and possibly temporary, whereas wealth is generational. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, that's what we're we're looking to do. But then what what are we talking about when we say generational wealth? Are mm. we just talking dollars or are we talking the ability to make money, the ability to keep money mm -hmm. and the ability to manage what you have, not being hungry, always having something to fall back on, mm. you know, so on and so forth. So yeah, I'm excited about talking about, you know, having the conversation about what it means and what it looks that, like. That is a really good point. But before we get started, that I just want to always talk about um, something to, to intrigue the mind. Our icebreaker for the day. I did some research, you know me, the internet troll. Um, 
COVID, you know, COVID has impacted everybody, but I wanted to see how COVID impacted people of color, black people mainly. And I was surprised to see that COVID has, of course, impacted um, us as a whole. But would you be surprised that COVID has not really impacted um, our segment of young people, like the age of 24 to 35 college educated people, that they have not really felt the strife of the um, financial clamps of COVID. I was really shocked by that. But I think that it came with a, a little bit of a twist because before we start hit the record button, I think we kind of alluded to, you know, that segment is a little bit different than the um, segment that we're in, like Keisha, me, Keisha, and, and, and Chauncey, that, you know, we... um. We, we, we're in entrepreneurship, but we also have um, our nine to fives too. And most of us in this age bracket are streaming towards it. But, you know, that's a gradual stream that a lot of times you have to, you know, build yourself up to. I think younger folks are a little bit different. What do you think, guys? I, I think that they are not afraid to reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. They are not afraid to change. And they take every opportunity. They, they look for every opportunity to try something different. Mm -hmm. and, and, and personally, I know a young lady, I think she's 29, maybe 30. Uh -huh. And she actually, she um, has a business. Uh -huh. Matter of fact, she has several businesses uh -huh. that she developed just before the pandemic, but she has exploded wow. since the pandemic. Um, she has, um, actually she does, um, oh my goodness. I think um, um, with um, tax, well, getting people's um, credit. She's a credit repair person. That's, that mm -hmm. was her major business. Mm -hmm. And that has morphed to from there to getting people to houses. So she ended up being uh, um, getting into the housing market. Um, so like a real estate agent. Real, there you go. That's, 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 that's really smart. And that's from there, she does something else. So I think that... Um, they just reinvent themselves. And I think for us, um, we're, like you said, we're moving towards that, but we're so in our age range, a little traditional. We do step, 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 step. And, you know, we have this job, we want, we want to stay here. And now we're moving towards, yeah. I think the pandemic, and I don't want to take up a whole lot of time. I think the pandemic for me, I have looked inward and I say, I don't want to be, I don't want to stop my growth now. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Um, to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 CG, what do yeah. you think? I think we don't have any loyalty to these companies. That's Hallelujah. I'm glad you don't. We don't have a lot of loyalty to these companies. And the real reason why is because we know that investing, you know, 20 years of our life with the company, more than likely, we're not going to come out with anything. Um, not a not a retirement good enough to handle whatever that, you know, whatever, wherever the economy is at that time. And we just know that we're we're replaceable. Like we know that and we feel that. And there's a lot of businesses that still have that culture of like, we can treat you however you want. And so through this pandemic, we found that a lot of a lot of people, a lot of companies have taken advantage of, you know, being able to work from home. We have a lot more options to make money now. Not only can we make money from working at home, but I can work two jobs at once. Amen. While at while at home. Yeah. Well, yeah. So on top of that, too, we That's communicate with each other a lot differently than than the older generation. We're you know, we're using Reddit. We're using a lot of different uh, platforms to to talk about how to make money. And it's working. So, I mean, if you just get it, I mean, even if you're getting a little bit off on the side, mm -hmm. making a little bit of money off the side, that's all it takes to motivate you to, like, keep pushing to the point where, OK, I'm going to replace my salary. And if this if this business that I'm working for doesn't have a business culture that. I mean, because let's let's keep it real. If you're not if you're not like a six figure earner, if you're not doing you know well for the you know for this economy where you can actually afford to carry yourself, then it's like okay, if I can't make enough money, then you better treat me good enough for me to continue coming you know coming here busting my butt every day. Because if not, there's all these other companies that are hiring, and then on top of that too, I don't have that pressure of like I can quit a job anytime I want. I I, I like my job right now. I love my job. But the truth is, is if anything ever happened. I could quit my job. And you know what? That time in between, I'd go Uber. 
I can go Uber. I could go do anything else. So that, so that gap in between, I'm not feeling that pressure. Like back in the day when it was like, I got to wait for somebody to call me back and all. No, I can find ways to get instant approval to make money right now. I mean, I can even go into like a thrift shop or, or any thrift shop or like, hell, even in a Walmart, go get something that's on sale for like 75%, go to eBay, Amazon or whatever, and flip it for three times what I bought it. And it's like, wow. what do I need you for? What do I, what do I need to keep? I hope y'all listening. Can you say that a little bit louder for the people in the back? Cause that's some good stuff. Yeah, so it's it's just you know I think I think what it what's coming down what it's coming down to is that we're taking our power back we're taking our power back and we're letting we're letting them know like we know we know at the end of this that there's no there's not going to be social security um, as far as all this retirement all these benefits they're going away so it's like if you aren't going to do it for us we got to create it for ourselves and I think that's really what this genera- this generation represents is just knowing that we have to create this for ourselves because, you know, it's, it's all drying up, like social security, all that. We don't know if it's going to be there. We don't know what's going to be there at the end. So we have to, we have to do for ourselves and we can't, we can't be worried about, you know, loyalty to these companies. Yeah. That's a good piggyback on what CG is saying. I get, I get exactly where you're coming from because you are of the generation where you have seen your parents and your grandparents be treated like crap by the corporations that they work for. And like you just said, they have no loyalty. What the song say? Bitches ain't loyal. So, um, what has happened is you've seen that because your grandparents are just a little bit older than me. But um, yeah, right. your grandparents and your parents worked for this place for 25, for 30 years. And then all of a sudden, because of Ponzi schemes and whatever else, there's no pension fund. There's no this. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the effects of that on them, you've seen the effects of that on your families and how that affected them because so many of these peoples had had great jobs. It, even if it was the job at General Motors in Detroit, that uncle or that cousin or that grandfather was making really, really good money and they were taking care of everybody from them. And when they lost that job, it affected the, the entire family, right? More than one household. And so now that you've seen that, you all are like, that's not going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you all looked at is that you're smart enough to stay home longer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, how about that, right? That's so a where big one. We're coming along. We couldn't wait to either go to school or be able to get out of the house and live in our own place, even if that meant we had to live pillar to post forever just to say that we didn't live at home and our parents weren't doing anything for us. Mm-hmm. Where you, uh, whereas you guys are smarter. You're staying with, you're staying home. You come home from school. You live at home until you're able to get on your feet. And, you know, you don't have, you're smart enough to know that don't go out there until I'm ready, right? Or until I can do the things. And if you've had that conversation with your parents and you all have that understanding, then it's like, okay. They don't have a problem with the grown people living at home. Everybody is copacetic. So why not stay here until I'm ready to leave? That helps you build up your savings account. That helps you build up your credit. That helps you be prepared so that you can go out there because we don't have bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't have 200 people coming to give us a thousand dollar check so that when we graduate high school and college, we have this money to start out with, right? Right. So um, because we don't have that, you're smarter, you're more um, creative, and you're working for yourselves. And so by you working for yourselves, you're going to work harder for yourself than you work for anybody else. Absolutely. You know, and you make a good point there. You make a good point there, Chauncey. Um, When you talk about um, the children, they're not children, adult children, you know, staying home longer. Um, Parents have changed their mindset too, because you think about our parents, our parents pushed us to you know, I talk for my parents, you know, they would like, um, they, they kind of raised you to get to 18 and you're grown and go, Hey, you're out there. Good luck. You know what I mean? And I mean, I don't think it was a bad thing, but in the, in the mindset that if I had to do things over again, I would wish I could stay home and have things tweaked. You know what I mean? I can prepare for, my credit to know what my credit is because that wasn't even explained. You know what I mean? To the point where um, all I knew is that my dad was like, don't get no credit cards. My mom was saying something different. You know, it was, it was a, it wasn't balanced. You know what I mean? You know, my dad was like, don't be spending all this stuff. 
My mom was like, ooh, that's a cute little fashion blog card over there. So you can get you a shirt, but you better pay. You know what I mean? But if I didn't have the job, you know, it, it, it was a mixture of things that if you know now that I know I tell um, Joey and Jose, you know, I kind of drill it. Like, you got to have your credit because you're not rich. So this leads right into our topic for tonight. Building wealth in the in in our families because that's what it's about. And our and when our families do well, of course the community does well. You know what I mean? Because we are a part of the community. So um, things have changed. And um, before you know, I let CG you know take the floor and we ask questions on all of us. Start talking about our different stance about building wealth. Um, back in the day, we thought that being rich, having a house you know, we was in good shape. Well, a lot of times people didn't even have life insurance. You know what I mean? So um, how good of shape were you in? You know, just to, if someone did have a life insurance policy, you know, it was nothing to that large where it extended onto that family where they couldn't invest or do something else. It was just enough to bury the person and maybe have something to buy something additional, so on and so on. Um, hopefully the house would get paid off and the house would remain in the family and we could pass it on from there. You know, that was the mindset that you were doing pretty good. You know, um, when we think about that, that's just living. If you think about it, that's just living. That's not creating anything that, you know, um, is going to bring you residual income back in. You, you say, if you have a home that does do it. But you have to pay what comes with the home taxes. You know what I mean? The home is paid off. You got to pay the thing. You got to maintain the home, you know, things like that. So you have to know what comes along with it. Most of the time in um, I know when I was growing up, my dad owned several properties. He never told me how he owned them. I know my dad worked really hard. Only thing he told me was. When you get grown, Kimmy, make sure you don't rent from nobody. You just buy. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to throw your money away. You need to buy, buy, and buy, right? Um, now that I am grown, I, I'm in full understanding of what I need to do to build that, um, I would say, that nest egg for my children. Because I do that now. Um, so this leads into what are we thinking wealth is for us? You know what I mean? What does that look like for us? Does that look like what is we we're building for our family and how can we get there? So TD, I'm gonna put you on the spot. But you are really good at this, you know. Um CG is my nephew, and um I I dabble here and there with um stocks and stuff, and I can tell you right now, I didn't know what the hell I was doing at all. Clueless, clueless. And I mean, I am not an expert at in the least, you know, but um it was it's it's like mind blowing the things that you can do with stocks and bonds and things like that. Only thing you hear about it is what you have to do your homework to understand. But when I tell you these young people be in it, they be in it. So CG, tell us how you just got into it and and what you know about it. Um yeah, so I actually want to take it back off the generational. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think money's enough. Money's not enough. I think there has to be a, a culture of handling money because mm-hmm. if you don't have a good relationship with money, nothing's going to happen. And that's one of the Absolutely. things that changed with me and made me want to get into it. It made me take my finances seriously. I, I mean, a couple of years ago, I mean, my credit was shot. I mean, down to 500s. I mean, I had crazy amounts of debt outstanding and everything. And my, my overall relationship with money was like, I was one of those type of people who was who is stimulated by the idea of spending it. Retail therapy is not just for women. It, men do it too. <laughs> we just spend our money on other stuff. So I think that's that's one thing that we have to that we have to do. Um is is get out is train your brain to get excited by the idea of saving your money instead of instead of spending it all the time. So that that took a little bit for me. Um I you know at first when I first got into investing it started with um apps. All of it was apps. I started with this one called Acorns and that was the one that helped me save money because mm-hmm. I was terrible at saving money. Mm-hmm. So I had an app to help me save. So it went from that to like, eh, I want to, I want to, you know, see what else is out there. I went to Stash. 
Stash is more ETFs, but it you don't really have a lot of control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like when you want to exit out of something, like you're basically waiting at you're you're gonna wait. <laughs> you're gonna wait until they until they handle it. Mm-hmm. So then I went to Robinhood. Robinhood was when I was like, oh, okay, now I'm choosing, now I'm picking and choosing the companies that I want to get involved with. And I stuck with that for about two years, I think. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I didn't, I didn't have a strategy. I'm going to be real with you. I didn't have a strategy at all as far as what I was doing. It was just, let me jump in and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, I spent a lot of time on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was reading, I was watching a lot of YouTube, uh, Robinhood and all these apps. They also have a lot of, uh, they have uh, tutorials that, that you can go through. And also, on top of that too, I was, I was uh, joining, joining groups on social media, just trying to get in contact with people who, who were like me that were just getting involved in it mm-hmm. just to find out, you know, how to, how to do it. What type, you know, learning about, you know, all the lingo as far as like the type of orders and stuff you're doing, you know, um, what volatility is like, what to expect, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then on top of that too, it's like, there's also that period where you got to acclimate where it's like, you're going to need, you might need that year or two investing mm-hmm. to get used to the, to that roller coaster ride. Cause you know, you could be doing well in the stock and then tomorrow that thing you're, you're negative, you know, 1500 on, on that play. And then you jump out and then next thing you know, it's, it's up the next month. Right. So, so you got to get acclimated to, to seeing your money fluctuate like that. I mean, that all depends on how, how volatile your investments are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I, I thought, I think was the mindset. If mm-hmm. you're not prepared for this, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not prepared, because with investing, it's it's not like you can just throw your money in. It's like, well, I'm in a bind now with money, so I'm just going to take my stuff out. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you do that, you're going to lose money eventually. Eventually, you're going to get to a point where you're losing money and, you're, and your dollar's and you're just basically wasting your money. So I think that's one thing is like you you can't invest anything you 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 can't lose. Right. Um so yeah, I mean so discipline. You gotta have discipline. You gotta Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have discipline with your money. You gotta I, I've been in I've been in one uh one company for about a year now. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I've seen this seen this stock go from eight dollars to fourteen, then fourteen to eight then eight to 20, then 20 to 15, and now 15 to, to 40 to 70, and now back to 30. Like, so, so if you're not, if you're not ready to experience that and you're playing with like, you know, very volatile, uh, you know, stocks, this ain't for you. Um, mm-hmm. This, this really isn't for you. But at the same time, um, I do choose more, sometimes the more volatile ones because I like, I don't really like having a savings account like that. I'd rather mm-hmm. have my money work for me. Right. So, I mean, it is a gamble. It is, it is, uh, it is a gamble at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it. It's just, you got to start somewhere and mm-hmm. you're, you have to risk your money. Mm-hmm. You have to, that's the only way. Or, and if you don't want to risk your money, there's something else that you can do and it's called paper trading. And a lot of these platforms will allow you to do that. And what paper trading is, is that it's basically a simulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're allowed an account and the account, <clears throat> whatever you invest in with the account, it's not real money. It's all fake. Mm-hmm. But whatever you invest in the account, it actually, uh, it follows the stock market. So whatever that stock that you're invested in is doing, it's going to reflect with your money that you're doing. So that way, if, if you don't want to risk having, you know, risk your own money, then you can ask, you can always do paper trading and that way, you can get, you know, you can acclimate to what's going on with the market. And then um, when you're, when you are ready in the future, then you can go ahead and start investing money. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, okay. I mean, you so might, I, go it's ahead, funny that you say that because I, I had said to my kids and shared with them that you have the option to buy stocks through cash app. And not a lot of people are taking advantage of that because they have some really good stocks on, on that. They have McDonald's and Nike, and they have um, all of these other ones, um, the oil companies, Conoco. I've actually bought stock through Cash App and mm-hmm. said to myself, why would I do that? But it was taking a chance, right? Mm-hmm. Half the time I forget about it that I've even done it. But, you know, once a week or every couple of weeks, it will send me a, a notification to let me know, oh, you purchased Thread Up. I'm not even familiar with who ThreadUp is, but I went through all of the different stocks and I was just like, okay, I looked at their chart. 
They just started last year and the way that the numbers are going. And because I have watchdogs, because I work in the financial insurance industry, I kind of know what, what to do and what to expect. I'm like, why not? I purchased it. It was $7 and some change when I purchased it. I've watched, like like CG just said, I've watched it go up to $50. I've watched it drop down to $27. I've seen it go up and down. But most of the time, it's still slowly tickering up. It drops a little bit, but then it goes back up again. Then we know what Nike can do. We know what Coca-Cola can do. These are all ones I just dropped $5 at a time. You know, yeah. I don't use cash app that often, but when I do it, I realize, oh, I got money sitting there. I can either transfer it to my bank account or buy some stuff with it and, you know, buy some more. And before you know it, you got a whole share. You know, Nike is a hundred and something dollars a share. Disney is a hundred and something dollars a share. Or when those shares split and then now you're like, oh, now I got two shares. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be pretty exciting. And um, but if you forget about it, and don't study and like worry, you know, unlike when they tell you the market is crashing and I look at my 401k and I'm like, I, don't I know. Look. I don't even look. I just don't, I don't even look, but that's a good, that's a good mindset though. Because if you think about it overall, both of you guys are saying the same thing, you know, um, you're taking a chance. You are being very disciplined, you know, about your, your money and you you're not um you're not being unrealistic. You know that's the biggest thing. You're not being unrealistic of what you expect to get. You know what I mean? But overall, you are getting back. You know what I mean? It's 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 an investment that um is going to residually bring you money. You you know that. It's going to unless how the company go out of business. Tell them can't that happen to anything? You know what I mean? I mean, we all take that chance. But it's it's a it's a savings that you think about it; it's bringing you money. the The percentage is way higher than what your 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 bank is giving you. You think about that. The, hell, I don't know what the banks give anymore. I don't even like to even fool with them. Um, so, they're giving it to you on the savings because they certainly ain't giving you no money on your check. Exactly, I don't give you crap, nothing. You know, so these are just different things like stocks. You know what I mean? It's a good thing. So my question would be, if you are poor, if you're just starting out, how would you start building your wealth? What was what would be the first thing that you would need to do? Get a job. (laughs) (laughs) I have a job already. Okay, you have a job. You have a job. job. Okay, have a job. I would say say, then traditionally, I would say start with a savings account, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're not going to want to take your hard earned money if you're poor. And put mm-hmm. it in the stocks because you're going to be too nervous. That's the truth of the matter. You're but really be daring. Be daring. What's five dollars? Five dollars. Because if you think about it, it's discipline. It's different. It's a mindset and it's discipline. Because think and about what you can do with five dollars. Go to McDonald's and buy something to eat. It's something that we do waste for every every week. You know what I mean? And I say this because some people will put um, money in the bank um, in a savings account. They'll put two hundred dollars. But if you're getting hundred and ninety-five back, then really all you can save is five. So you gotta start off being realistic about how much can I save and put in this? And then you forget it. How much money can I put in and not even look at it, think about it? Right. I can forget it. So if it's yeah. yeah. With you saying that, I think if you're not at that position where it's like, I can't if you're not in the position yet where you can say, I could put a hundred or a thousand dollars to the side and not look at it for a month and not be tempted to to spend or even need or it. Need it. Then, need it. then I would say that's where you need to start. I would say start with getting your first thousand in your savings. Start there. I don't care how how hard it is. Start there and then keep building on it. Get to that five thousand, get to ten thousand. And I mean, as you slow, as you get like let's say you you save that thousand. Let's say out of that thousand, like Let's say, you know what? I'm going to risk a hundred out of that. Start there and keep on building it up. Keep on building. And with that money that you're risking that hundred dollars, let's say you either going to, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. There's only two ways to go. You're either going to go up or down. Either way, there's a lesson involved with it. But I would say, you know, it all goes hand in hand, you know, the mindset behind money. Um, that's why I say, you know, money's not really enough. It's, it's, you really got to have a good relationship with money. And that's, that's where it all starts. Um, Cause I mean, I, I got, I'll tell you this, you know, you can be rich and have a trust fund, mm-hmm. but 
you know, let me tell you a story. Like I know two people who are trust fund babies mm -hmm. and one, the one trust fund baby, this guy, he's a genius with money. He's prepared to take over his family's, whatever his family is going to get, you know, prepared for him. The other guy that I know, he was just left the trust fund, wasn't prepared for it. And I'm going to tell you, this is, this is, this is mind blown, but I've never seen somebody with a trust fund that lives check to check. That's literally broke after, you know, after they get their check. So it's like, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got right. the money, if you don't got, if you don't have that discipline behind it, if you don't have that good relationship with it, it's not going to matter. And then on top of that, when we're talking about generational wealth, guess what? It ain't lasting another generation. So you got to inherit those, those good habits with it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't have them because I, a part of my issue was that um, I came from divorced parents. My father always did well financially, but my mother and being prideful and not wanting to accept help or whatever, she struggled. She was a single mom raising three kids by herself, right? And so um, when you're trying to do the day-to-day -day life, trying to do take care of your family and do all that you can and spend time with them and have a relationship, she was always robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. And so when you see that, um, you she would share, don't do what I do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I want you to do better, mm -hmm. but still never giving the tools and how to do better. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So even when I did better financially, I was still putting money here, putting money there and not taking care of it and being a good steward over it the way that I could be not as good as I could be. Mm -hmm. I've gotten better with age, but then there's still times where it's like, okay, I take lessons and stuff from my husband because he's much better with how he does his money, right? So how he does it, how he pays his bills, how he handles everything. So I've learned quite a few lessons from him mm -hmm. and I've gotten better and I understand it better. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm not always practicing it, I understand how it works mm -hmm. and being in college and going to school when you start taking business courses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then they teach you about the monthly budget and the calculators and the percentages that you're supposed to be saving. What is it? 30% towards housing, 10% towards utilities, 10% towards food. So you're supposed to take your net income and use those numbers. Um, I think it's 10% for transportation, 5% for medical and health. And then recreation, personal and savings is in there. Mm -hmm. The savings is 15% of your income. Mm -hmm. How many people are saving 15% of their income and putting it away and saving I, it for a rainy day? And you hear, um, what's her name? Susie Orman talk all the time mm -hmm. that no matter what, you should have six months of your expenses saved. Yeah. Stacked. Okay. Susie, Susie, anything goes wrong, right? Yeah. That's um, Susie. How many of us have done that? How yes. many of us have that waiting for us? Even if we own properties and we take care of business, we don't have that money sitting to the side the way that we should. And just like CG just said, listen, paycheck to paycheck. You know, a trust fund baby living paycheck to paycheck. Because having the money doesn't mean you were taught what to do with the money. So the biggest thing is, um, is definitely if, if you think about it, you're not thinking about the here and now. That's one big thing. You're not thinking about the here and now. You're not even thinking about you, your, your immediate um situation you know that's 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 the biggest thing so if you're not thinking about your immediate situation then some way somehow you got to make a plan you know you have to make a plan and the plan is not probably going to involve just you you got to probably involve uh some some thinking minds you, you still see what i'm saying because um discipline could be there but if you don't have the education to and i'm not saying because everybody in here has college degrees but if you don't have, that's not your genre, then how would you be able to get there? You see what I'm saying? Assistance is always right. needed. You know what I mean? It's always needed. You may need to go in that way. I, I can tell you for myself, me and my husband are opposites. We are polar opposites. My husband is not, um, and I say polar opposites because he's very um, laid back and, and I'm probably more high strung than he is. But one thing that we are... Um, lockstep is that when it comes to money he never gives me a hard time like he pays all of our bills you know but i'm the mastermind behind 
the bills. He can go ahead and pay them, but I can see where everything is rolling to because I'm always thinking ahead. I'm the planner. You know what I mean? I'm always thinking about what I need to do, what I want to buy, and so on and so on. He trusts me in that aspect because he knows that that's the way my mind is going and that's the, 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 the way I have a plan and this is where the plan is going to go. And it's going to be in the best interest of not just me and him, it's going to be for our kids and hopefully for their kids too. Um, because we're like that, you know, we are able to look at money. When we say savings, you know, we have money in savings, but most of our money is invested in other things. You see what I'm saying? Because I know that um, it's better that I have money invested in other things because that's my discipline. You see what I'm saying? Money on hand to me is a um, a temptation, you know what I mean, to want to do things that I shouldn't do. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I may want to go buy this and buy that um, because I set things off where I want to go buy other properties and do other things. I move money in different ways. So um, that's how I try to get my mindset. I'm too trying to, you know, my mom, like I said, dad were totally different. You know, my, my dad was very disciplined with money. You know, he, um, he was, you know, the blue collar worker that worked on his job for 36 years until he passed away. You know what I mean? And he had no other job that, you know, he, he didn't even get, um, when he died, he didn't, all of that pension, everything went back because he didn't have any, um, Kids was grown and my mom and dad was divorced, you know, so all of that money went back and, and, you know, that was, that, that story was over. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, you think about it, you say, damn, what happens? You know, that could have been going to this, this, and this. And I had someone say this to me before. Why didn't your dad have like so many hundreds of thousands of dollars in life insurance. Well, he had the life insurance at his job, but do you know that Caucasian people do that? They have million dollar policies and their policies that, you know, with somebody pass away, that's money is being reinvested. They're not going to have this with some reckless person. You know what I mean? They have it and that money is being reinvested. That's how wealth is also being established too in that family. Right. But we have to be mindful that that's not the intent of insurance. And what of people course. think is insurance is not insurance. So what happens is you can have all these policies out there, right? And that's what people thought. And they started going out and buying multiple policies. So maybe they didn't buy that $1 billion policy, but they brought that $500,000 policy and one here and one there. And then they found out later on that it didn't happen when the person passed away, right? But what because, happened to it? Because all those policies aren't going to pay out. So what happens Oh, well, yeah, that's called foolishness. Go, right, because what happens is when you go and you go to purchase these policies, right, they're looking at how much you owe out, how much it takes to keep your family in a certain position. Insurance was created so that if an event occurs, that it keeps you at the status in which you were in. Not to make you rich, it's to keep you yeah. in the standard that you were in prior to that event happening, right? So it was created in the typical Caucasian world. Husband goes out and he works every day, and the wife is home taking care of the family. Mm -hmm. Now, if she becomes a widow, there was enough insurance policy that it would bury the husband, pay the house off, which gave her a certain type of wealth, so that they can then go forward and to pay off any debt that he may have had, because back then women couldn't get credit cards on their own, right, would pay off any debt that he would then have, right? But now, what happened when we started getting insurance policies? We forgot about the debt that the person who just passed away had, and it's like, oh, well, that check was made out to me, so then now it's spending spree time, and I'm going out to do that's all called, this That's called did. foolishness. Right, it's right. called foolishness, but people have done it for many, many generations. Yeah, but that's that's the that's the point that I'm making. If if you're doing that, that's I mean that's that's a reckless behavior. You know what I mean? That's reckless, and exactly what you said. Policies were intended to to establish for a lifestyle. So you think about it. You pay off a house. A house is six hundred thousand dollars for somebody. You know, you pay off their debts. You know, like when my dad died, we paid off all his debts. You know, and when somebody died, the debt don't go away. So that's number one. You know, if someone thinks so, the debt doesn't go away. You need to pay the person's debt off. But it's a way of you know taking things, and you don't have to pay a house off. You know, what I mean, just because the person died, you don't have to. Money can be reinvested. You know, what I mean, and 
to make more money, you know, but it's a mindset. What about if you die and you have $600,000 home and you have no insurance? You know what I mean? There's a lot of people living like this. So these are the things that um, when I talk about when we build wealth and the difference between um, other races and or nationalities or cultures in our culture, you know, what can we try to do different? I mean, I, I know I see people doing GoFundMe accounts when somebody passed away. It it, it it eats my soul when I see that because I say, wow, you know, I'm sad for the person dying. And my grandma and I work friend, in insurance. And my favorite line is GoFundMe is not insurance. It's not, but it's so, sad yeah, because you say that the person yeah. can't even buy it, but didn't even have insurance. And no one thought about that. And it's just heartbreaking because now we are scrambling to even put the person in the ground or cremate them or anything like that. You know, it's it's a sad situation. So don't even think about the children left behind or, you know, that's not even a thought anymore. How many you times have we seen gave, that? You gave Peanut $200 sneakers every other month buying Air Jordans, but now you can't Can hurt him because something happened to him. Birth yeah. a baby and get insurance when they're young. Yeah, because I know somebody yeah. who baby who who was only three and passed away and had that Gerber life insurance policy. policy? Yeah, and had that policy and, and the policy was for 50000 and mm -hmm. she, and the mom, of course, unfortunately had to bury the child, but the mom went and took the rest of the money and put it down on the house, you know, and, and, you know, she had went on with life. But when I think about that, we think about younger people, you know what I mean? Younger people in their 20s and they're off of parents insurance, they need to have insurance and things like that are not thought about. You see what I'm saying? That it's like not a, a, a of importance. But That's so, because most of the time they're living from day to day. Um, they start out and they get instead of being at home, getting those big apartments. And I want to furnish it all at one time and having all of this instead of when I first got my apartment. It was, I had to manage <laughs> on the floor. We had no no furniture. We were happy. We, we didn't even we didn't they even care. Their whole place already furnished now, mm -hmm. and you just have to rethink what you know. Your mind, you you don't have to have all those things right now, and we want the most expensive cars. Uh, we don't want to have a the starter car, have a little Honda or something. We want to get the Beamer, the Lexus, whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that's not bad. I'm not well, no, calling name, but you know, a beginning car that a twenty some year old would, you know, hey. To start, yeah, up, to start out, to start out, start out. So you but can take want, your money they want and the invest luxury it. cars first, first off. So and the the mindset is is um totally different, but it's never too late. It's it's never too late. First of all, you got to pay. My dad always told me. First of all, he said you got to live within your means, whatever whatever that case is. Absolutely, whatever your means are. Yeah, and you got to pay yourself. Yes, mm -hmm. and I don't think I don't first. think people do that still today, Keisha. I, well, I, 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 Keisha pays herself. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like the number one bill. <laughs> the money's going over to Keisha. Keisha has to pay herself, and you have to, um, you have to, um, diff ugh, my braces. Make a difference between your wants and your needs. Yeah, like my dad said. Okay, this is your budget, Keisha. Growing up. And you once you spend this, there's no more until the next month. Mm -hmm. And he said, and then you know, if I spend that, I said, Dad, he's like, yeah, you can't live like the rich and the famous. That was his famous word, <laughs> rich and the famous. All oh, it's like, no, you can't live you like know. the Joneses. And, and it wasn't, <laughs> like when you have your money. Oh, I don't really need that, but you need it with my money. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was now. Trying to teach that to my children because they seem to still want to come back and ask me for things, but that's a whole other subject, right on the cell. But you have to do those things, um, you know, as well. Just and um, you know what I learned? Um, I think I um, saw this. It was a couple of months ago. I forgot where I got it from, and it was about um, helping your family. Like if you have good credit, helping your family build your credit. Mm -hmm. And if you have the credit, what you can do is put your child on your credit card. Not that they will have access to it, 
But by you having a good credit and um, by you being able to pay your bills on time, it will build establishing their, their credit mm-hmm. right. and helping them build. So they will at least have a jump start with that. I said, why? Right. Why didn't I know that? I would have been doing that, but I didn't My know. My mom did that so, for me. Did, did she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I mean, I I, I didn't do that for um, Joe and Jose. I think that um, I slow walk them because I just kind of wanted them not to do the crazy things I did when I got out my parents' house. I mean, you know, like I said, I had credit cards and stuff like that. When I figured out I couldn't pay it, you know, it was like, um, I felt like I was having anxiety attacks every day. So since my kids was younger, I used to always say to them, you know, um, you, you, you want to value your credit. You know, you want to value your credit like, you value everything like you would value your your life and things that you hold dear. Now, don't get me wrong, because things happen. I don't want you to be like um, so anal about things that you don't feel like you can never correct it. But I don't want you to be reckless. You see what I'm saying? I don't want you to be reckless. And it's just because um, somebody offered you a credit card, you just take the credit card and then you think that the credit card is supposed to buy groceries. You know what I mean? And that's, to me, I used to give examples like that to my kids. Oh, you're going to both buy groceries on on a credit card? And do you plan on paying the whole thing back the next month? Because if not, you just bought that plus add the 29% to it. So that's what the groceries really cost you. That's some expensive food, you know. So I would say little things like that to them because you have to make it relatable, you know, because in the in the mindset we have younger people who are um thinking that okay, they have a lot of good ideas, their they have their entrepreneur mindset is high. Um, then we have to also encourage them to make sure they take care of their whole their credit standing too, you know what I mean? Because that's all a part of building yourself up and making sure that um, the 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 mindset is also going to transfer down the line as well. It's not just I got good credit and I hope my kids have good credit. Oh, I don't know what you're out there doing. Well, I hope you paid attention, but you know, because my parents, like I said, they 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 had their own stuff. So they must have was doing well, but nobody sat and told me, let me tell you, you get them credit cards like that and you do this and that. You know, all I know, my mom was showing me a pretty pink card with the flowers on it. You could buy you some shirts. You like clothes, Kimmy. You know what I mean? All the stuff like that. And not knowing that I, I was going to go reckless and start buying and buying, you know, and it's not going to add up with your salary. Okay, this is 10% or so on and so on. So that's really, um, really um, a mindset. So CG. You have a, a younger son. Do you start talking about little things like that? Because I know he's at a young age, but it's always a good time to start. Oh, man. I'm actually, that's one thing that I'm not sure how I'm going to tap into his brain right now. Um, you know, because right now I'm co-parenting right now. So it's like, you know, we're going between two different households with that value di- things differently. So, you know, over my house, I'm kind of more of the disciplinary. <laughs> um, you know, I'm probably not the most fun parent right now. That's all right. Like, That'll change. You know, that- I lay the law down. But um, I think, you know, I'm trying to, you know, he, he's, he's used to walking into a store, you know, basically, can I get this? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, I'm trying to like get him to understand, like, and, you know, it comes down to that impulse thing that I was talking about earlier, where it's mm-hmm. like, I need your brain to understand that you're not supposed to get excited spending money. Like, you know, you're not supposed to get excited. Like you should, it, there's more value in getting excited about saving your money than there is spending it. And I'm, that's, I think that's the one thing I'm, I'm, I really want to get to, but I'm just not sure how to do it right now. So I am, you guys have any resources on like how to, I think that's what you, I think what you just said though, because mm-hmm. what you made a really valid point. He wants to go in the store. He wants everything. You know what I mean? He thinks it's supposed to be naturally supposed to get him something you know i think it starts with there it's you you're not really talking about credit but you're giving him the understanding that you know money is not like that you see what i'm saying you're explaining it like for my granddaughters i have two granddaughters that are well i have three but i have two that are 11 and 10 and i got them the green light card it's an app they will send them an actual debit card Mm -hmm. and on that debit card you can determine 
the money that you put on there, so it would be for allowances and stuff like that, right? And you add the money to that debit card. And then they have categories within that debit card that you can determine how they spend it. So say if, you know, Amani has $25. And so I have the, um, in the app, I can put, she can spend $10 at Apple, Mm-hmm. You know, because she's like there for buying Roblox and they're like $10 every time you buy one. And um, but I can set it where the limit for Apple is only $10. Um, and then the limit for spending anywhere mm-hmm. might be, you know, $15. And then at the grocery store or and they can't use it as an ATM. So it's using the debit card, knowing where that money is or they can save it or they can donate some to charity. They can take money and put it to the side and put it in a savings account. So I've been using that with them for about, um, it's going on the second year. And That's so that, it helps a lot. I'd be more than glad to share it, but it's called Greenlight. And um, and so it really works. And so um, as opposed to getting them a debit card from the bank, I don't have any, I can't help my son teaching them how to spend it and where to spend it. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because with Amani, who's 11 and Leia's 10, so they're Irish twins. They're just 11 months apart. Mm-hmm. Leia still has money on her card. Amani's down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's so, a, I like that you do that, Chauncey, because you think about it. And I hope that, um, um, hell, Greenlight, give me a sponsorship because you just gave them all this, 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 this free plump. Uh, that, that is that is wonderful because I was just thinking about just a regular allowance, but I like how you how you categorize where you can put the money. So yeah. it's, you kind of teaching her. You no, know, it's it, it has to be. It can't be on just some foolishness. It has to be on specific needful things. Absolutely, right. and I like that. Now, with Leia's account, I have her set up. She can spend hers anywhere. Why? Because she's been saving her. She never touches hers. Mm-hmm. So she can spend it anywhere. Whereas Amani has limitations on how much she can spend where because she always spends it all. Yeah. <laughs> and so my mom, can I buy Roblox now? I'm like, didn't you just buy And Then I'm looking and I'm like, they're like $10 a lot. It's not cheap. See, that's that's something. The value, the value of what money is. You know what I mean? The value of right. what money is. And the same thing that, you know, because you have grandchildren. Both of y'all have grandchildren. And see, mm-hmm. you you have a, a young son. Think about it. They are so impressionable where if you think that we probably all have to raise our hand. Our parents wasn't letting yeah. us run up in there in no store, you know. I used to give my kids right. the same speech. Well, I already told you this budget. <laughs> it was, this is your allowance. This is it. Mm-hmm. You can't go up in no store. We're not going up in no store, and don't you dare get up in that store and start throwing anything in this basket. I'm telling you that right now. And my parents didn't even have to tell us, you know, because half the time you wasn't even going. What came home is what you got put on. You know what I mean? It wasn't even a, a selection, you know. So, and and at Christmas time when you got a little bit older, and somebody gave you like fifty dollars to do your Christmas shopping, you was like writing down like. Oh, and it wasn't no dollar store. She was like, oh, 50 cents for that present and that present. But, you know, um, it it taught you something. So it's in the back of your mind that, hey, I know how to um, take some money and stretch it and do whatever and do what I have to do with it. So I think that we, we hit on a lot of things. So let me just recap. Um, oh, I, one thing I didn't go into real estate, and I think that's one of my biggest things that I, I have. Um, I just have a love for it because I think I'm almost like uh, addicted to it because I, I spend a lot of time looking and searching for um, properties because I think that properties is um, not just that you can, you know, will them down. You know, what I mean, if you pass on and whoever pass on, but um, properties are ways that you can always also get money back off of and you know reinvest and things like that because um 
equity builds in a house in several ways. You know what I mean? And I think people have to be fully aware of how it's building. Um, and you have to be, you have to also be smart about it too, because sometimes people are not really smart about what they do with their equity. Getting second mortgages can be beneficial. Or it can also be, um, it could be harmful to you too, because if you, like with anything, taking out loans, um, you put liens on your home and then you lock yourself into things where if you do want to try to, um, I say settle home. And I always say that should be a last resort unless you have no other means. Like um, I sold my home in Richmond because I had a crazy ass tenant and I just couldn't manage the home anymore by me living in New Jersey here. But that wasn't my intent. My intent was to keep the home and continually rent it out um, by me being so far away. The, the management company was um, so poor in performance that was um, something that couldn't be done and it was best for me just to, to turn it over. Um, but the homes that I have up here in the Northeast, you know, the whole goal is that, you know, every certain amount of years, refinance, take money off of it, get more homes, you know, and, and keep moving that, that money in that type of way. Because at the end of the day, I want um, Joey and Jose to be able to have these homes to, Either if they want to live in them and rent them out or, you know, um, you know, get money back off of them. But there's property that you can, you know, always have and move down in for their kids and or their kids, kids or whatever. But it's a lot of things you can't get from owning property. Property is um, probably one of my biggest one that I always say, you know, um, look, don't um, give yourself more credit. And buying a home because a lot of times people don't do that. A lot of times people are just fearful of buying homes. I mean, I know people that I went to school with would just start buying their first home and they're like, you know, in their early 50s because and you ask them why they didn't have credit issues. They just was fearful of the process. You know what I mean? Um, they were fearful of what was being asked of them. And the process is the same process with anything, you know, what they ask you is just that they want to make sure that you're a stable person. You know what I mean? They want to make sure that you can pay the mortgage, just like you can pay your rent. You know, it's just that you want to make sure that going towards you. So um, that's one of the things I always say, please um, put that in the forefront because it's something that is always um, more beneficial for you to have something that home ownership is um, one of the most beneficial things that, especially in the black community, that we need to take pride in and we need to retain in our communities. Um, I have no problem with gentrification, but a lot of times we get property away, then we get angry that we did it to our own self. And now the properties are worth tons of hundreds of thousands of dollars more that we just gave away. And we didn't even try to, you know, to keep it. And this is where like a family uh, unit comes in that if you can't afford to keep it up, then you need to have a family meet and then talk about it and see who or how a family can help. Because maybe sometimes you're just not in a position. You know what I mean? This is where communication comes because, um, and we're going to have an episode on this one too, about the family communication in the black family. You know, I'm not going to tell this one because that family member, he already known as Shady. So I don't want to talk to that one because, you know, he got... Um, bad habits and I don't want him knowing my business because so and so on. But sometimes in situations like this, it we could just communicate a little bit better, then we can keep our um our property and even grow our properties. Um because I actually know a girl that is buying several properties because her family got together and they're trying to grow it. And that's that's huge, especially for mm -hmm. us. That's huge. So, um, I'd like to give some advice at another time, you know, because we, we'd like to expand on this some more. But, um, have you dabbled into cryptocurrency? Uh, I haven't, I haven't gotten that far into crypto and NFTs right now, and it's just because I just don't understand it, um, very well, right? I don't, I I kind of do follow certain rules with investing. It's like don't don't put your money where you don't understand. I'm familiar. Um, mm -hmm. yep. so, you know, once I get to that point, yeah, I do want to get in. I do want to get involved in crypto because I do think it's going to be uh, useful in the future. It's just there's so much out there right now. I don't know where to start. I mean, it's it's going to be a journey, just like getting through stocks. It's going to yeah. be a journey. So um, when I'm ready for that, you know, I'll I'll jump into I'll jump into crypto. 
but but for right now I've, i'm kind of i'm kind of got a tunnel vision on, on what i'm investing in right now okay. and that's good to know so yeah i i've kind of stayed away from it because i i don't have the bandwidth i'm a menopausal middle-aged woman so <laughs> I, have the, I don't have the bandwidth some days so <laughs> okay it's not that i couldn't do it it's just that when I want to, when I'm ready to really sink my teeth into it is when I'll, I'll start to look into it, do my research and then decide what to do from there. So it does look interesting though. Mm-hmm. So EFTs and I mean, NFTs and, and stuff like that, that that's something, cause I've seen a lot with that and that can turn into like, you know, the whole, um, um, you know, art world, and stuff like that. So, yeah, so I am curious about that. So we'll definitely have to have yeah. you on again so we can go into this a little bit further. So Most thank definitely. you so much. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Um, there was something I wanted to piggyback off about the whole buying a house thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can definitely empathize with that because I, I have been terrified to go talk, you know, talk to somebody about, you know, getting a home loan. And I'm a veteran, too. So I have, you know, my VA Your loan VA. and everything available. And I. I've never thought like I could get to that point where it's like, oh, I can buy a house on my own. And you know what? I think one of the one resource that a lot of us don't utilize is just going in it like an old school, old school protest. People just aren't doing just going to the, just going to the damn bank. And talk and to them. And talk to them. Talk to somebody. Yeah. It doesn't matter like what your credit score is or whatever. Like, And they will tell I, you. They will tell you. They'll say, hey, yeah. they'll look at your credit. They'll say, this is what you need. You ain't got to go to no damn seminar. They're going to look at it and tell you what you need to do. And so on. military <laughs> credit union. Y'all got some good credit unions. And, and, yes. and the mm-hmm. one, think about the VA. The VA is, is my husband, all of my loans was in, in, in VA. And let me tell you, just like you scared to buy, to get the loan, they want you to, the loan to go through. So it ain't like they want to say it. Wait a minute. They want the loan to go through. So they're going to say, hey, let me tell you what you need to do. Bam, 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 bam. And they're going to follow up with you. They're going to hold your hand. And you a veteran too? Yeah. And if you go to the bank, you sit down and talk with these loan officers, you know, they'll, they're going to talk like two years ago. All right. Well, my credit was crap. Everything was just, everything was just garbage. Like I went into the bank and I was like, hey, look, this is what I want to do. This is my future. This is what I want to see in the future. How do I make it happen? Um, how, what service? How can you help me make it happen? Because you also got to think like, you know, they're using if you're if you're putting any money in that bank, they're making money off of you. Yeah. So go, go, go get, you know, go, go get something out of that, too. Yeah. So, you know, it helped me out that the person who was in the bank basically mentored me and kept, helped me, you know, keep myself accountable so every month it'd be like, okay, hey, I got this done. I got that done. And then once we got to that next phase where it's like, okay, your credit's at this point. And the great thing about that, when you're building that relationship, especially with like a credit union, that loan officer is going to be like, I've been working personally with this person. Yeah. So when I send this loan up or whatever the case may be, Speaking when I send it up, I'm, I'm also advocating for them too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So make sure that you're going out there and building those relationships too, because you're you will find advocates along the way that are gonna that are gonna help propel you to the next level. Yeah, most awesome. definitely. That is a really good one. Really that's good awesome. one. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's a really good one because I like I said, it's a lot of people that are um fearful to take the first step. They are really fearful. Go do it. Go talk. So yeah. <clears throat> in closing. Let's just do a round robin. Anybody have any closing remarks? I think this was a really, really good episode. I would say um, don't be afraid to start and don't be so prideful that you don't ask for help Mm -hmm. and start where you feel comfortable. The the, the place you can start at, the most comfortable place you can start at, start there and then build from there. I say if you're on social media, get into some of these groups that have you know this information available to you i'm in the live richer i've been in there for several years the young lady um tiffany alache she's been wonderful and explained to people how she went from a very low credit store to a high one all while making twenty three thousand dollars a year which is not a lot of money so it goes back to speak to what keisha was saying about living within your means and how you're still able to save with you know, it's not the amount of money that you're making, right. it's the amount of money that you're spending. And so how to live within your means, how to build your credit up, what's what's good for you. Um, apps, social media, there are a lot of um, 
black females that are out there that are really pushing um, wealth and have information to teach you how to save and they have free seminars and they have apps and I was just sharing with you about the budget app that um, that I use that kind of helped me along the way and that one was created by a company called the finance bar mm-hmm. they send out emails monthly they have all kinds of information giving you stock tips giving you things um, you know um, information that you need to just do better so do your research Definitely do your research. Definitely. CG? I would say, um, you know, when you create that big picture goal for yourself, break it down to smaller goals, smaller attainable goals, and, you know, reward yourself on the way. And then on top of that, too, you know, this it's a journey. It's a long journey. Um, you're not going to have, uh, there's not going to be any instant gratification. It's oh, not that's a big one. Um, and, and for some people, if you're coming in the stock market, too, also understand that, you're not always going to see that big 200% jump on a stock, like two to 5%, five, 5% is good. Mm-hmm. 5% is good. Sometimes, like sometimes that's all you're going to get. Um, and that's okay. It's to step forward. So, and, and, you know, it does get tiring at times, you know, so make sure that when you get to those times where you feel overwhelmed or you're like, I need to push myself harder, make sure you just take a step back, you know, kind of zoom out and really count all your steps from where you started mm-hmm. versus how far you got left to go. Um, and, and just remind yourself, you know, that you, you've got to keep, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, I think this was a really, really good episode. Um, I can't thank you enough CG for joining us. I hope you will definitely come back and join us again. Um, because we had a really good time. Thank you. CG. You was wonderful. Um, so in closing, as, as I always say, we're here always to empower and to uplift. Um, I am Kimmy from Bless Chit Chat and we will see you next week. So have a good week on purpose. Good night. Good night. Good night.